0: Good morning beautiful. I know it's gonna be a good morning beautiful. When you up with me it's gonna be a good morning beautiful. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Hi, I'm Kevin Pankers and I'm Donna Carter and you're listening to Grow on the Go. And once again, the very like the, the millisecond before I started talking, I was like, what name do I use for this again? Are you, are you- I have so many aliases, aliases, ali, 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 yeah, <sighs> yeah. Um, so yeah, if if you haven't listened back into the annals of, of this podcast because we've been going for several years now, which is nuts, I uh, I go by a different name at work because my the CEO of the company I work for is also named Kevin. And I haven't legally changed my last name yet, not because I I don't plan on taking my husband's name, but just because it takes time and there never seems to be enough of that. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. And I tried to hire someone to do it for me. And for whatever reason, that didn't work. Um, And you've got time this week. Yeah, but I don't want to spend my week off changing my last name and getting I don't think it's going to take a whole week. It might. You don't know. You don't know how, when was the last time you changed your last name? <laughs> yeah, about forty years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have no idea, and it's probably harder now. Um, I assume. Uh, and I then think it would be easier. You should be able to do it online. You should be, but mm. um, obviously, it's not super high on my to-do list. Right. I'll get to it. And then
1: you had your wrestling name. I had a wrestling
0: name, mm-hmm. um, and so there's various combinations of those first names and last names. And so every time we <laughs> start the podcast, I'm like who am i what names am i who using am i for today this? yeah what names am i using for this <clears throat> yeah or like i'm interviewing people right now for work um and every time i have to call someone to screen them i'm like hey it's um uh kaya it's kaya from Podmark. so yeah it's it's okay. tricky okay but anyway i'm kevin pankhurst right now <laughs>
1: Okay. Good ask to me know. again in 10 minutes good to know yeah I want to talk today about why Christians should be environmentalists. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember if it was you or your sister, but, and maybe both, but in grade four, at least one of you became an absolute environmental Nazi. Mm. Like, you know, I'd be going to throw something in the garbage that could be recycled and I would be pounced upon and firmly warned that that was not appropriate. And you know,
0: yeah, I, I don't have any memory of that. Certainly sounds like something I would do.
1: I kind of think it was you because then like three years later you're the one throwing pop cans in the garbage and I'm going wait a minute <laughs> yeah that's fair just because it wasn't the flavor of the
0: week anymore and you I don't, uh, I don't know about that I think it is it more to do with I struggle with anything that I cannot see immediate results from I, I struggle like just on a neurological level I struggle to conceptualize things that are not happening right now wow um, that's ADHD for you, baby. Um, <laughs> and so it's, it's hard to care in the moment when
1: it's not being talked about. Do you have strong feelings about the environment now? That's a complicated question. Um, yes and
0: no. I, I have a bucket. Yes. That, contain, that can contain all the things that I care very deeply about. And there are a lot. And there are a lot of things in that bucket. And it's not that environmentalism isn't in that bucket, but it is at the top. So if other... This analogy is falling apart, but bear with me. If other <laughs> items in the bucket expand, environmentalism is kind of the first thing that comes out. Okay. I do try to avoid, like, aerosols. I, um, I have cut down my beef intake quite a bit because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> beef is... Generally terrible for the environment. Right. Um, I same with same with dairy because dairy cows are also they're still cows. Mm-hmm. They still produce methane. Um, I live downtown, so if I don't have to drive, I'll take um, an electric scooter to get where I need to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I'm. I do consciously make decisions that are better for the environment, but I also it's not. I'm not going out of my
1: way for to look for new innovations right right um, i mean, I think realistically, we can't all be equally passionate about everything or we no, explode right no.
0: yeah um, i am I am very tired caring about the things i I care deeply about already right
1: but i I do think there's some really important reasons that we should look at why Christians should care about the environment agreed when we were in Dakar in uh, twenty nineteen. Um, which, and, just for context, that's it's in Senegal? S- Senegal, is, which is w- in west, Africa. Western Africa. Yeah. And, you know, you'd, you'd see a really quite nice neighborhood with like nice apartment buildings and stuff. And then there'd be this pop up garbage dump right beside it because there's nowhere to put your garbage and there's mm. no recycling. Yeah. And um, during that trip, we also visited um, the beach and in Sally. And it, it was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. This gorgeous, gorgeous beach littered with every disgusting with litter. thing you can think of. I mean, you just even going into the, the water, swimming in the ocean was not a Ooh. thing we did there. Is that it a was... plastic bag? Is that a jellyfish? Yeah. I don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, something just bit me. Was it a needle? Or yeah. Was oh. it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, it wasn't great and it, it was really kind of heartbreaking. And part of me felt sort of hopeless because even if, you know, people in Canada or people in the United States get all, you know, careful about the environment, yeah, we're, even if we're doing everything right, it just feels like such a drop in the bucket when, when the developing world is doing almost nothing. I appreciate that you brought the bucket analogy back. Oh, did you? Different see, bucket. Yeah, different. Okay. There's different all kind of the bucket. buckets. Yeah. Well, everybody knows that that was a mistake on my part. I mean, I, like I was never that intentional. <laughs> But, you know, I think there are many voices in the world, including the Christian world, who express very different views about the environment. Some people believe that nature's only role is to support human prosperity. Uh, the King James Version uses the word dominion in Genesis 1, which I think some people interpret as you know, conquer, rape, and pillage yeah, the Domination rather yeah. than dominion. Yeah, dominion. Yeah, that's, maybe that's where the uh, thought comes from. I don't know. But let me read Genesis 1, 26 to 28 in the voice. Yes. I think it's really beautifully expressed. And I think um, it gives us a very different uh, take on mm-hmm. on the idea of dominion over creation. Mm-hmm. Now, let us conceive a new creation, humanity made in our image, fashioned according to our likeness, and let us grant them the authority over all the earth, the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the domesticated animals and the small creeping creatures on the earth. So God did just that. He created humanity in his image, created the male and female. Then God blessed them and gave them this directive. Be fruitful and multiply, populate the earth. I make you trustees of my estate. So care for my creation and rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that roams the earth." Mm-hmm. I think this wording much more accurately translates the kind of leadership Jesus wants us to exercise over creation and also the kind of leadership that he demonstrated and yeah. taught. It's about, yes, you're in control, but also this is a caretaking role. Yes. It's like yeah.
0: management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Um, in the 2,000 years since Jesus taught his first followers what loving leadership actually looks like, the church has strayed a long way from, uh, from you know, when, when it comes to lovingly manage managing creation. And actually, things going astray, goes back a lot further than Jesus' day. The entrance of sin into the world affects our relationships with all creation, including relationships between human and non-human species. The French theologian, Henri Blocker, puts it this way. If man obeys God, he would be the means of blessing the whole earth. But in his insatiable greed and in his short-sightedness, selfishness, he pollutes and destroys it. He turns a garden into a desert. Our dominion over creation is not unlimited. We can't just do whatever we want. Our management is meant to ensure that creation functions as God intended it to. Oops, we messed that up a bit. Yeah. So what if God actually holds people accountable for how they misuse and abuse creation? We know that God forgives all sin when we own up to it, but I wonder if most of us are guilty of lack of care for creation that we haven't owned up to or haven't even seen as sin. Mm -hmm. Since God is the owner of creation, we need to look into God's word to determine how we should be interacting with it. The first thing I see scripture saying is that we, as you pointed out, we're managers, not owners. I'm a genius. You are. We tend to take better things, uh, better care of things that we own than those that we rent. Have you noticed this? (laughs) Uh, Is that backwards? We tend to take better care of things that we rent
0: than things we own. No.
1: I think we take... Well, I mean, it depends how responsible you
0: are, Mm. right? I, as a very irresponsible person, I take better care of other
1: people's belongings than my own. Yeah, and I I think we raised you that way, and (laughs) I think I'm that way, but I don't think everyone is. I mean, there's always jokes about rental cars and what you can do in a rental car that you could never do in a a car you own. Like, somebody said, what's the difference between a Jeep and a rental car? There are places that you wouldn't take a Jeep. We've got a basement suite in our house that we rent out, and most of our tenants have been really great. But recently we had a very young couple who, uh, you know, to be fair, you don't know what you don't know, Mm -hmm. but they didn't seem to think that lacquer peeling off the cabinet doors where they did their cooking was a sign that maybe they should be using the hood fan. (laughs) So when they moved out, they tried to convince us that the swollen peeling condition of our cabinet doors was the result of normal wear and tear. And I have to think that they'd been more concerned when the damage began, if they'd been the ones to buy the custom cabinets. There There are many scriptures that teach us that creation belongs to God. Psalm 24 says, The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, um, the world and those who live in it. In Genesis 1, we learn that not only is God the creator and owner, but that he called creation very good. That's in Genesis one thirty-one. While humanity is God's appointed manager of creation, it belongs to God. Since the earth is God's, humanity is accountable to him for our stewardship and interaction with it. We need, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going
0: to say, let's unpack the word stewardship. Mm-hmm. Because that is, that is yeah. very much a Christianese mm-hmm. word,
1: um, I think. Well, I, I mean, it is used in other contexts, but probably not as much in this generation. Mm-hmm. So stewardship really is managership. Yeah. It's it's uh, taking care of something that doesn't belong to you. Yeah, I
0: believe um, the the idea the concept comes from I don't know when, but previously when monarchs roamed the earth, yeah. um, there would be the king's steward that would be that would make sure that everything was running smoothly, make sure that everything um, is being looked after yeah. properly. Manager. yeah, yeah, very much uh, like. Kind of like a personal assistant, but more of a, like, estate manager. Oh, and
1: and ships have stewards. Oh, yeah, that too. And not that long ago, when I was a kid, uh, flight attendants were called stewardesses. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not a word we use a ton, for sure. But um, we are, humans are accountable for our care for and interaction with creation. We need to take care of it in the way that God wants it cared for. Which really is the logical extension of our love for God, right? Caring for what he's made, caring mm-hmm. for what's important to him. Yeah,
0: everything, he's, everything around us is mm-hmm. a gift from God. And, and if you get a really beautiful, important, sentimental gift, you treat it well. You take care of it, yeah. yeah and,
1: and also think of the way that the paintings of the masters are handled. They're treated with great care out of respect for the work and for the reputation of the master. Mm -hmm. You know, they're protected from dust, and, and, you know, they don't let people touch them because the oils from your skin have an effect. Um, They're restored regularly. They're restored. um, They're protected from UV light and many other things. And obviously what God has created is far more magnificent than a Rembrandt or a Van Gogh. Van Gogh is apparently how it's actually pronounced. Excuse me. Van Gogh. (laughs) Uh, God deems what he created good and very good. There's a theologian named Shed Myers who writes the Hebrew word here, tov, which is the word for good, signifies intense delight. This intense delight exists even before humans are created. Hmm. As humans, many of us, we focus on the human element in the creation story. Yeah, everything right? else is kind of a prologue. Yeah, but we shouldn't miss the, this important point that God. Assigns inherent value to non-human creation, mm. totally independent from what created, what creation provides for humans. I had never considered that before. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Another reason Scripture teaches we should care for creation is that creation inspires worship of God. Mm-hmm. Even people who don't profess belief in God look at a sunset or a mountain and feel a sense of awe. Um, recently, William Shatner. Um, the original Captain Kirk yes. went into space. And did you see the interview when he came back? Mm-hmm, I mean, he, he just gushed. Like, he just gushed. He was so overcome and so emotional by that experience. It's like he ha- he wanted to worship, but he had nowhere to go with he it. Had,
0: yeah, he had no outlet for that. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, it is interesting. One of the best known um, and loved Christian hymns of um, the last century has got to be how great thou art mm-hmm. which focuses so much on creation right oh lord my god when i an awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made i see the stars i hear the mighty thunder thy power throughout the universe displayed then sings my soul my savior god to thee how great thou art rolling thunder oh what did i say um i Bo- remember booming booming big know. big thunder, rolling thunder yeah you're right um and contemporary songs too. I can't think of anything really contemporary, but a more contemporary one is "God of Wonder" mm-hmm. beyond. Um, well, that's that's our like galaxy. twenty years old. I know, but yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I realized that when I said it more contemporary songs, but I was like, I can't, I can't off the top of my head think of a, a more recent one. Um, so creation inspires worship at Jesus' triumphal entry. Jesus was advised by, advised by the r- religious elite to stop his followers from loudly worshiping him. And Jesus said, if I stop them, the rocks will cry out. Mm. Now, did he mean that literally? Probably not. But we can conclude that creation glorifies God. And that's what he meant it to do. The poet who wrote Psalm 19 expresses this beautifully. And this is the uh, voice translation. Would, mm. you, would you mind reading this? Sure.
0: God's splendor is a tale that is told, written in the stars. Space itself speaks his story. Through the marvels of the heavens, his truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day gushes out its message to the next, night by night, whispering its knowledge to all, yet without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard,
1: yet all the world can hear its echo. I love that. Mm -hmm. A third reason that Christians should be environmentalists is that creation reveals God to those who don't yet know him. Mm -hmm. The Apostle Paul wrote this to the Romans. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. As believers, we need to interact with creation in a way that preserves its capacity to reveal God. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to rehabilitate those parts of creation that have been misused and that stand uh, and stand against uses of the environment that prevent f- people from being drawn to God through it. One way this happens is when rich countries exploit land or resources in developing countries or Alternatively,
0: rich countries exploit land, particularly in North America, exploit land or territories that belong to the, I mean, it all belongs to the indigenous people, but that specifically sits on uh, land that is central to, important to, mm-hmm. sacred to mm-hmm. indigenous people, mm-hmm. that is, and which is a, also a, a disproportionately large problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and it, you know, it sort of started with colonialism, but Mm -hmm. um, industrialism Mm -hmm. maybe isn't isn't the right term, commercialism, I don't know, Um, but, you know, it goes on Mm -hmm. to this day in many parts of the world. We've all heard about blood diamonds and, you know, some of the hideous conditions that uh, people work for to make somebody else rich.
0: Yeah, well, and diamonds... Do not change in quality when they are grown in a lab. We can just make them. Mm-hmm. But they're cheaper because people are not suffering for them. And I... I wow. Yeah. What a thought. Yeah. So yeah. this is me on my very small soapbox saying, buy lab-created diamonds.
1: Yeah. Failure to care for the environment disproportionately affects the poor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we... Um, sorry, you're stuck. I'm so stuck. You good? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think I might have had a little stroke, but I'm back now. Okay, welcome. (laughs) The fact that our failure to care for the environment disproportionately affects the poor dishonors God, specifically because God has a special place in his heart for the poor. Mm -hmm. In James 2.5, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, listen God has picked the poor of this world to become unfathomably rich in faith and ultimately to inherit the kingdom which he has pledged to those who love him. By favoring the rich, you've mocked the poor. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it the rich who step on you while you're climbing the ladder of success? Mm -hmm. Again, that's the voice translation. But God's twin purposes for creation... Are to reveal God's character and nature and to provide for what God has made. Christians' interaction with the environment should promote, not compromise, the ability of creation to reveal God and to provide for humans and other creatures on the earth now and in the future. Jesus' teaching about the least of these, the poor, is especially precious to anyone who works among the resource poor. Because people experiencing poverty are often the most dependent on the healthy functioning of creation. Mm -hmm. When you look at the effects of soil stripping, overgrazing, water diversion, climate change, developing countries full of poor families, suffer disproportionately with the rest of the world. Mm -hmm.
0: Particularly, so a lot of people don't seem to realize that... um, particularly bitter winters, are also an effect of climate change. It's Mm -hmm. why we don't really call it global warming anymore. We call it climate change. Um, The colder the winters are, the harder they are to survive when you do not have a place to sleep. Mm. There's a lady that lives in my parking structure like mm, 60 to 70% of the time. And uh, this winter is supposed to be really cold. I've heard that. And I'm really concerned about her. Mm Mm-hmm and you know so when we don't take care of what has been given to us everyone suffers but like you said disproportionately those who need and and the same in the in the summer was incredibly hot too and people were passing out yeah
1: just from being outside yeah and you know it it changes um Things like uh, malaria is far more of a thing mm-hmm. with climate change and, uh, yeah, and of course the poor suffer more with that, that as well. The last reason I want to talk about today why Christians should be environmentalists is that God will restore and redeem creation one day. Mm. Not only does the Bible say Jesus is creator and Lord, but also that Jesus is, is reconciling all things to himself, including creation. Jesus isn't gonna just discard creation at the end of the time to- at, at the end of time. Mm-hmm. He's going to redeem it. That's like his whole thing. Yeah, it is. It's his whole thing. It's for, his vibe, it's his brand <laughs> for everyone and everything. He wants to restore it to what he always had in mind before the fall of man and the corruption of everything on earth. Heaven and earth will be made new. Here is a powerful quote from the website careofcreation.net. Environmental problems are sin problems. Mm -hmm. What we mean is that the root causes of every environmental issue in some way gets back to flawed human beings and sinful hearts. Materialism, greed, selfishness, fear... All of these lies lie at the root of the things that we do as individuals and as a society that have produced the crisis we now find ourselves in. So the real solution to the crisis in creation is to find a way to heal human hearts. And of course, Jesus specializes in that. Mm-hmm. Surely those who follow him should be on the front lines of caring for his masterpiece. So what does all of this mean? Now that we know, like, okay...
0: This was a gift. This was a, not even, not even a gift. This is a loan. This is not, the earth is not ours. We were given uh, the responsibility of managing it, which we've done a pretty poor job of.
1: Mm -hmm. Now what? What do we do? Well, I think you talked about it earlier in the podcast. You said, this isn't something that is my primary passion in life. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said is important that people matter more than, you know, The whales. Yeah. yeah, Sorry, whales. (laughs) But the whales really matter. Yeah. And the sea really matters. And there are even small things we can do. I mean, I hope there's some of our listeners who take up the charge and this becomes, you know, the passion of their life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's no judgment mm
1: -hmm. for that. But all of us can do something. Mm Mm-hmm. We can all decide we're not going to buy bottled water anymore. Mm-hmm. Or at least that every last...
0: Assuming you have access to clean water. Yes.
1: Um, and, you know, or at least at the very least, making sure every single bottle is, is recycled. Mm-hmm. But even that, they can only be re- reuse the plastic a certain number of times, mm-hmm. right? Um, there are things we can all do. We can all be composting. Yeah. We can all be, you know, getting rid of our other stuff. If, uh, appropriately.
0: If you're getting coffee and you just want this actually I went for coffee with a friend of mine the other day and I used the last lid and I was like oh do you should I ask them if they have any more lids and she's like no that's just one more piece of plastic that the planet doesn't need yeah. and I was like oh good for you yeah. good call because um, mm-hmm. like does my coffee really need a lid? No after the first few sips it's far enough down in the cup I'm probably not going to get it all myself. Slosh it all over you. Yeah. Sp-
1: yeah. Um and why can't you just rinse and save that lid?
0: Also true. Yeah, you guys hoard Seven Eleven cups. Yeah, well, like weird. Because we
1: don't want to keep buying new ones, right? Yeah. We want to use the ones that we've got. Not all Seven Elevens let you do that, but Interesting. most do. I know. I know. And yeah. and when we when we bring that up and we say, you know, you're the only Seven Eleven in town that that has that rule, and they say, well, the other ones are wrong. <laughs> Okay, well, Okey-doke. I'll let them
0: know, or you could do that, or we could <laughs> all anyway, just move on with there our there are
1: small things we can all do. You mm-hmm. talked about eating less, less beef. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I'm not suggesting boycotting beef. It is an industry on which a lot of people are dependent. Yes. It's fine from time to time, but maybe it doesn't need to be your primary source of protein.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there are things that we can all do, and mm-hmm. uh, I just want to encourage us all to think about not... Just the environment as where we live, but mm-hmm. as God's creation. Yeah. And care for it appropriately. Even just, and of course, we're
0: we're going into winter now, but keep this in mind for spring. Bees, a lot of things are gonna be messed up if the bees disappear. Yeah. And colony collapse syndrome, I believe is what it's called, is a real issue. And we can do a lot of good just by looking after bees. Mm-hmm. Um, plant those wildflowers. Yeah, plant flowers that bees like. A lot of sites will tell you, like even even like plant retailers will tell you, bees like these plants. Mm-hmm. Plant those. If you see a bee that's struggling, do your best to save it without getting stung. Um, bees.
1: <laughs> Bees. Bees are important. That's how we're ending the podcast. Anyway, Bees. that is pretty much all the time we have. <laughs> do please uh, do remember to comment, to share, yeah, and like, like. Share and subscribe. And do give us a follow
0: on Instagram, Grow on the pod. That's it for us today on Grow On The Go.
1: I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. Thanks for listening to Grow On The Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.